0: hey guys welcome back to the transformation church message recap <laughs> podcast <laughs> oh i can't remember the name of it Um, uh, we're back we missed last week we're sorry about that um i'm one of your hosts justin executive pastor of tc today um our founding pastor is sitting in for our lead pastor and we got the rick OG. And, and we got pastor rick oh hey what's up yeah so we're, hey, we're all back. here pastor brad is uh Dominican in the Republic. Dominican Republic with about what 10 uh, 10 people? Uh 10 or 12? 10
1: or 12. So something like that. There's a few yeah. extras in there too. I've never I've never seen.
0: Yeah, the shimps yeah. are there. The shimps? Oh, are they? That's the shimp that is, that sh- is that the is comp- the couple? Synthony. Yeah. yeah.
2: Synthony. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> their <laughs> new couple name. It's yeah. a new couple name yeah. yeah. And that's in John
0: back. in the background. You can't yeah. see him, but you sure can hear you him. You can't hear him. Hello everyone. Uh yeah. no, there it's it's a it's it's Brad and Ashley. Nate Anthony Anthony, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy. The, Shimps. the Shimps, the Shimps, Nicole Bailey, Tremaine, Tremaine, True. Justin Harrison, and Justin Harrison. Yeah. I think there's ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Getting that's a, a, that's a pretty good group. So things are moving. Uh,
0: yeah, I've been watching the. Uh, they Justin's been uh, posting on our Instagram and Facebook. Yep. He's been doing a good job um, of keeping, so we can see
3: what's going he on. He is
2: so killer at what he does.
3: Oh, he's good. Yeah. He's yeah. great. He's, he's
2: fantastic.
3: Whole team everybody yeah. that does anything with any of our technology is like they're the, they're one of the best of what they have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear other pastors say that. Oh, we have a great that, team. Man, everything that y'all do there is like top notch. Well, you have top notch people doing
0: Look that. at John for your team. Yeah, hey, you got to build them. So, hey. uh, build them up yeah. and if release. You build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, we um we're back. We missed last week. Sorry about that. Um, you know, it was uh yeah uh, we we missed. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a lot going on. Um, so Pastor Dan preached yesterday. Great message. I mean, we were just talking about before we started recording. Yeah. The the ten o'clock service was was. Crowded. We had to bring chairs in, mm-hmm. but like you said, there was a some tear jerk moments in that in that message. It was one
2: complete tear jerk <laughs> moment, like from the beginning <laughs> to end. The moment Pastor Dan said. Hey guys, I'm Pastor Dan. People just start crying. Oh boy. So, yeah, like, we
3: got to endure him again. This <laughs> was <laughs> like twice in three weeks. Yeah, seriously?
0: We, two or three weeks. Yeah. Let's talk about your viral moment real fast.
3: Yes. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so. You're cute. loved and hated when you go viral. Yeah. Bow. Yeah. I love man.
0: <laughs> um, so, what was it? Three weeks ago you preached mm-hmm.
3: or two? Uh, three. It was three weeks ago. Three three weeks, almost four. The name so, yeah. tags in between.
0: Yeah. Three, three, <laughs> three weeks ago, Pastor Dan preached in. Uh, so we post uh, reels on, on and TikToks. Um, so clips of the of the message and one of the Facebook reels has had a viral moment. Um, <laughs> do you know what the numbers currently are? I can pull it up while Pu- I'm pull talking. Pull about it up while Saturday of it was like
3: six and a half no, no, million yeah. views. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and over fifty thousand likes. Yeah, I had no, to over fifty thousand <coughs> shares. shares what? Hold on, John, John's got it's crazy.
0: It, it, each day, it's like exponentially more. Oh yeah, it's. Over I, over I had to mute the, the, the
1: notifications. I was getting a notification every point three seconds. Listen to this. Oh
0: I logged into our our the Meta Business account. Yeah. and was getting numbers for. Uh, oh, I was getting numbers too. Watch. The, the notifications. It was it, it, like he said. It was less than. I mean, there's so many notifications for comments and stuff. So. Um, yeah.
3: It was really John's fault because he put the clip together. And there was one <laughs> phrase in there where I was preaching. Of course, when you you take a thirty minute message and put it into a thirty second oh, clip, yeah. and one part in there, we the whole theme of that clip was that your children should be an addition to your marriage, not a replacement. Right. And and I didn't even mention there, but the number <laughs> one time frame in marriage that people are getting divorced today is at year eighteen to twenty one, and that's where the kids are leaving home. Yeah, because the kids got all the attention. That couples give attention to each other. Then you get married, and all of a sudden your children are there. So you really neglect each other if you're not intentional. And then suddenly, at 18, 20 years, your kids are grown, gone, and now you got two strangers in the house. And I made a statement my children were never one, number one in my life. Yeah. You know, my yeah. wife was, but. And people, and that oh man, it upsets the mama's boy. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. oh my child will always be number one. They and, didn't put it in the context of the message.
0: And you know, here's the thing: I get where they're coming from, and that's really not what you were saying. No, it's it, not it's That's not what you say. saying. It was taken out of context. It was taken out of context. And you were also speaking from a Christian worldview that like God's first, your spouse is second, right. your Church kids are third, third. Yeah. and. I, somehow, I mean, some of the comments were almost funny to me because it was like going right up. Like, one woman said, Well, my kids are first because the last man left, and so the next one will too. It's like that's kind of the point.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> where. Yeah, that was the whole lead. reason of the message. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but I, I, told John because we were talking about that. You know, it's, it's, it's like anything. You can have a thousand people come up and go. That was a great message, and one person can go ah, and you'll go home thinking about that one person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. It. But the thing that I've really enjoyed is I don't even read the comments. I look if what the times I have looked at it, I just look at the uh, share. Section, yeah. those are people that support you. you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there's right. over 50,000 of those, so there's plenty to look at, you right. know. But yeah. the good part, the times that I did look at the, you know, the messages and the people that are complaining, other people on their correcting Oh, yeah, them. They, there was people fighting and debating. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. they yeah. were, like, going at each other, and some of them were family. <laughs> they're like, no, sis, he was saying this, you're, you know, it was what, like, well, what do you got?
1: So, yeah. as far as views are concerned, 6.8 million we're we're edging ever closer to the seven seven million mark. Yeah, which is the biggest in just in church world. That's huge. That's humongous. <laughs> yeah, uh, two hundred thousand. Uh, right at two hundred thousand likes, and then 40, 49,115 shares. Wow. How many oh. comments? It doesn't show on this one. I have to look at the was, other side. It
0: was thousands.
3: Yeah, it of was comments. Yeah, it was thousand? close to.
1: Yeah, it was close to four or five. Four yeah. Or five?
3: yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's That's wild. wild. That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, we may have
2: another buyer moment because this message was yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what's
0: so funny, what's is, crazy it, is like, is the, how they perform on the different platforms. Instagram, it did not perform three hundred views.
1: <laughs> it, it just depends on how people are reacting to it in the certain platform that they're and reacting. Then the algorithm to. kicks in yeah. once people start. The shooting. algorithm kicks in when people start to like comment a lot and like a lot and share a lot. When that starts happening, it's it's over. game over. Well, not, not
0: only that, even our. Even because of that, even our Facebook page—you know—you can, you can like a page or follow it, which you could follow a page without liking it, which, which is but weird. We but got like twenty thousand followers just to our yeah. Facebook page we added got a, that week, an addition, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then it grew- was a, a over a thousand likes, yeah. And
1: our YouTube view That's on what? that on that sermon went up. It went from a hundred and ten to almost a thousand in like three days,
0: yeah. That's a lot. Shoot, transformation church. Michael Todd, who? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cool. well, th- you know, that's what happened with Mike Todd and them. I mean, yeah. he he talked about it when he went to. Um, if you don't know, Mike Todd is the pastor of Transformation Church in Tulsa. They kind of he blew up on the Facebook and Instagram, yeah, Instagram thing, really. Um, and he talked about that. He was with Rich Wilkerson, <clears throat> and he said we never. We didn't change anything. We did the same way we do our YouTube and our our Instagram for the last three years. That that um, what was it relationship goal series just went viral. And then he said people like would see clips, then go watch the series, the the message, then watch the whole series. And he said those people didn't even know we were in Tulsa. Like people when people from Tulsa saw the clip and realized we were in Tulsa, they went from one to five services in ten months. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's what he said. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Wow. yeah. But anyway, so that was kind of cool. He yeah. had that viral. He a viral one. star. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, boy. I was like, man, Brad, Brad he's the, the lead pastor, uh, you know, he ain't had a viral. He never clip. had a moment like that. No, so. not at all. Oh, man. He, he may have had 13,000 views on one of them at one yeah. point, but that's about it. That ain't 6.8 yeah. mil. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. Uh, how do you compete with that? No, not that it's a competition. But. So I need to put in for a raise. Uh, or yeah. <laughs> I mean, what better opportunity, you Sorry. know?
3: <laughs> uh, we yeah. give credit to John. He put it just right so it would get attention, you know. So we well, give credit that
0: little there. bit of controversy. It did, yeah, a little bit. But,
3: a but the good thing was, the majority of the people understood the theme of the message and went very defensive. Like, yeah, this is what he's really trying to say. Yeah. People can't, yeah, it doesn't take you know a 12th grade education to understand this. Absolutely, right? and uh, uh, so that was kind of cool. It was, you know, it was real good. That was We're good. back to sunday and yeah, and, well, yeah. Uh, here we we'll go see we may not get the five thousand on this one yet. yeah <laughs> well,
0: so so we're in a new uh a new series let me let me pull it up here a new series uh called um name tags, name tags. which is kind of cool kind of a cool concept it is uh was it a different song this week the bumper video song Oh, uh-uh. uh-huh. it's the same one it was yeah. something i used to i used to know yeah. whatever that was kind of cool I like that. I don't remember that last week for some reason, but you probably weren't paying attention. No, probably not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was different. Um, no. I mean, it goes with the theme of, you know, changing. From, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. um, I don't know how we get away with that, but, uh, we do, we do somehow. So uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should have said all that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So let's talk about the message a little bit. The battle of the mind. What, uh, what, what sparked that the whole concept
3: well, I mean, Pastor Brad talked to me, you know, when he started the name tag series, um, he kind of laid a foundation where it was going on the opening Sunday. And then, uh, he, he knew he was going to be out of town number one. And then he, he contacted me and so we have several preachers in this church can out preach me. But, um, uh, he, uh, he said, I really think that idea that you dealt with, cause I'd written about it yeah. and did a lot of study on it, going through some of my battles, you know, in life. And, um, he said, I really feel like that'll lay a foundation of the cause of, of letting it, the enemy put a name tag on us from our past. And that was really the foundation of the whole series is how Satan takes failures of our past. And that was one of the opening statements I made. You know, the only thing Satan can use against us is our past. He's not all knowing. He doesn't know what right. tomorrow holds or God's plan for our life. So the only thing he has is the failures, wounds, hurts, injuries, whatever disappointments of our past. And so uh, Pastor Brad asked me, he said, can you bring that in and kind of really lay a foundation of the cause so that now he'll build on that on the journey of the name tags? And so really came out of that.
0: What I liked about it is it kind of put, if you weren't a Christian believer, it still falls in line with you know, hot topic right now, which is like mental, mental yeah. health and, yeah. you know, people that have been through, you know, traumatic experiences and things like that. What I liked about it is it put a spiritual, like, uh put a spiritual uh bend toward what a lot of people who may not be believers deal with. So it's almost like if you weren't a believer, the message could still apply to you in a way like, yeah, yeah like you, you talk about like the enemy you know, and as believers, we think that, you know, that we, we believe that that's real, you know, that there, are you know, evil forces working against us and those type of things um, where a non-believer may not have a language to put to that. They just, maybe it's, it's my traumatic experience. My past is yeah. always haunting me not realizing that maybe something a little more spiritual than that. So I kind of liked how it was like a spiritual component that, even people who aren't believers could probably get some stuff out of from that message.
3: Yeah. I, I, one of the greatest um, comments I had to me after was after the third service, a couple come up and their first Sunday was the three weeks ago when I preached the, <laughs> <on> that <laughs> message. And yeah. then they came back for pastor Brad. They really enjoyed the, the beginning of the name tag and they wanted to hear where it was going. And they, I don't know where they live. They said, we live like just around the corner. We're like neighbors here. And they said we have. She said both of us and their husband and two kids were standing there, probably uh, twenty five to twenty eight years old somewhere in that thing. Oh yeah. Both of us battle severe depression, mm. and she said we have gone to churches. Not to be critical, I'm just saying, and kind of you know supporting what you're saying. And and we were told we have faith issues. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't embraced. Yeah, we weren't welcomed. She said. It was like today we just felt like we could breathe and become a part of something without being well yet. You know, I'm paraphrasing right. how these, you know, like we can get on a journey of healing here and be safe. And, and that to me was the greatest compliment that we could get as a church, you know, that I'm not well, but I can get, I, I'm new, I'm not well, but I can get healed here. Well, and it, and it took me three weeks to just figure that out. That's good. That well, that's healthy.
0: Well, well, and I mean your story was relatable. I mean maybe not everyone has gone through what you've gone through. The thing about healing though, and make, please correct me if you you guys will disagree or have a different thought, but you know, you had mentioned that sometimes those thoughts still creep up. Mm-hmm. But now you know how to identify them, right? And how to to come to combat those thoughts where that's what the f- I mean, isn't that the freedom component is you never f- you're not free from the negative thoughts creeping in you're you now have a tool to identify the negative thought yeah. to keep it from creeping in like it used to. Yeah. And that's where the freedom comes in.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, th- yes, absolutely. You know, we talked about how the Bible speaks of familiar spirits. Yeah. You know, and many of us in our journey of life, we, we come under attack in a certain area for the first time. And it's like, well, wow, I don't even know how to, where did that come from? And how do I deal with this? And you get help or whatever, you know, you get free. You can get totally free. And that doesn't mean that the enemy's not gonna come back again. Mm -hmm. Because where he had entrance at some point, he's gonna try again. Yeah. You know, and but now when he comes back, it's not an unfamiliar spirit. You recognize it and you can immediately turn the word of God into action and and you know, and resist that thought or resist that feeling, resist that temptation that before you were totally vulnerable to, because now I know it when it's there. You know, it's like a few Sundays ago when we were in that third service, I was about to walk away from the podium. Oh, and yeah. You know, and I felt the spirit of suicide. I felt it when we were singing the worship song, when it talked about uh, fear, anxiety. And, and I felt that spirit of, of suicide in the house and just began to pray for whoever that was, you know, and to myself. And then I preached and then I started to walk away and it's like the Holy Spirit said, don't don't dare do that. Somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're abandoning somebody in here right now. Mm. And, and I opened up and shared my story a little bit and said, I know because that was me in 1998 battling a, a spirit of suicide. And I, now it's not an unfamiliar spirit. And I knew when it was in the room, even though it wasn't on me. Yeah. And you know, we, we open the altar for, if you're fighting anxiety or, or depression or the enemy's coming against your mind, Take the courage and step up. And 80% of the congregation came forward. You know, not saying that people are sick, but people are being worn out yeah. by the enemy. But there was a young lady, a shared Sunday, and yeah. she was back. And a young black lady just weeping her eyes out in the altar in the Holy Spirit. We didn't get to pray for everybody. Obviously, our team prayed for her But I, I was drawn to her. And as soon as I stood in front of her, boy, she embraced me and began to weep and told her story of, of coming here to run from an abusive situation, tired, wore out. And she had told God that Saturday night, if, if I can't find you tomorrow, she said, I'm taking my life Sunday. And, and it was that spirit of suicide. And, and there may have been others, but I know she was one. And then two Sundays later, she's sitting in the second service watching me tell her story without identifying her. And she gave me permission. Yeah. You you said, I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and instead of suicide, she met Jesus and God set her free. Come on. Yeah. But it was a familiar spirit. Had I not gone through what I went through, I wouldn't have ever felt, I wouldn't have known what that was. Right. You know? And so, yeah, it's, you know, we grew up in the Pentecostal movement, you know, that if you had an issue like that, you were mentally, you got a mental issue, not an emotional Mm -hmm. issue. And there's a lot of people that are fighting mental or, or, excuse me, emotional battles right now in the church. Rather than us walk people through it, we just want to ident- identify them as a mental problem when it's not. It's a spiritual, emotional, you know, that's the battleground of the enemy. The number one battleground of the enemy is our mind. Yeah. You know, we always talk about the heart, but I'm getting ahead of our, ourselves here, but I think it's okay. In Ephesians, when the armor of God, he talks about all the armor, you know, the, the sandals of peace, the breast the belt of or the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the helmet of salvation, even the sword of the spirit the word of God, but then he says above all, even above the word of God. I never heard that preached. No. I mean, the word of God was it. Right. <laughs> he said, above my word, he said, hold up the shield of faith and block off the fiery darts of the enemy. And those fiery darts, if you interpret that in the original, are inflammable thoughts to the mind, knowing that the mind governs everything else about our being. And so the number one area of attack is our mind. And the church has walked away. We've shunned it, we've ignored it. And now we've got a society that's, that's hurting and broken and wounded emotionally. That's why anxiety and depression is so rampant is we didn't address the emotional issue of the warfare in the spiritual realm.
0: I'd be curious on some type of a word study or something. Now that you say that, cause you talked about the heart and as Christians, you know, we, we talk about the heart a lot, but I, I heard someone somewhere and I don't know if it was a pastor on a podcast or or, or whatever. was talking about the heart. Like, at the end of the day, your heart is just an organ that pumps blood. Mm-hmm. So like when we talk about what do we mean as Christians, or even when we read the Bible it talks about being a heart issue or, you know, I love Jesus with all my heart. What do you mean by that? Because at the end of the day, your heart is just an organ pumping blood. It's not like your brain, your brain can think it can process. It can feel I be- without giving this a whole lot of thought. I almost feel like your heart is part of your, how you, how, how we process. Right. I mean, when we say, you know, I love Jesus with all my heart, are we talking about this? Are we talking about something deeper? I'd be curious out of what you just said, even on like a a word study on the original Greek and Hebrew, what that word heart means, right? because you're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the battle of the mind and, you know, Craig rochelle has got a new book out called how to win the, how to win the war in your mind or something? Let's Craig? Can you look up his new book, uh, Craig Rochelle, um, just released it cause talking about that same thing?
3: Yeah. Well, you can medically, you know, I said medical science can heal your heart, but it can only medicate, medicate. your your mind. Yeah. And you Waiting can have a heart transplant. Mind. You, need can, to wear on you can get a heart transplant, but you can't get a mind transplant. Right. That's why Jesus said be transformed by the renewing. Well, and, and that
0: goes to my point too. I'm so curious about that. Like if, if I, if I accept Jesus into my heart using Christian language, but then get a heart transplant, I don't have to get saved again. Cause that's right. not what we're saying. Right. You know? So, you know, it's like, it's almost like even as humans being a triune being, right. You have your, your soul, you know, your, your mind and and all that. So that's just so interesting. That was good. That was a good, um, you're talking about the, the, the armor, you know,
2: yeah I think for me, <clears throat> kind of circle back to when you were talking about where the churches kind of get it wrong. Um, I think one of the and y'all correct me, I've been in the church space for a am hot minute, but I'm making, I may only look look through my lens. but I think where my conversations with, with a lot of folks are this, too many times the churches tell me to pray about it and then that's it. They don't give me any 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 application on what to do. Yeah. Really going to a counselor is kind of taboo, you know, but nobody in the church space wants to go to a counselor. They don't want to admit that um, because if they feel like the church, well, you don't have enough faith. If you're going to a counselor, then you don't have enough faith in God to do this. I, I've seen those yeah. churches as well. Um, so I think I think that's where a, a lot of the problems are, that there's a, the church really isn't equipped, in my opinion, some churches aren't, capital C Church um, to handle this type of stuff. They just go, all right, guys, just pray about it. The Lord will tell you what to do. And then they just kind of back away yeah. or, or well intentioned. Yeah. well-intentioned
0: yeah. pastors. Yeah. But n- like you say, just ill-equipped to yeah. handle that. Well-intentioned, but yeah. poor execution. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, isn't it isn't amazing. You know, when I'm 64, so I'm from that generation. And then the generations before me, thankfully the generation after me started going, wait a minute, we're missing something. Right. But, It was amazing that just off of what you said, you know, well, if you go to see a therapist dealing with the mind, you know, you you got faith issues, you got God issues, you're weak in your faith, whatever, but we had no problem sending them to the pastor to deal with the heart. Right. You know, like you didn't have a faith issue if you go talk to the pastor about your heart. Right. But you have a faith issue if you go talk to a therapist about your mind. Right. Right. You That's know, good. because we expected the pastor to resolve everybody's issue, right? And and most of us couldn't resolve all of our own, right? You know, well, all of us couldn't. Right. We needed some help too. Yeah. And so, you know, thankfully, this generation has woke up, and I'm very, very proud, and I'm gonna say proud and honored to know that part of the vision of this house in the near future is to open, build, and open. Um, you know a, a clinic yeah I'm a mental in health you school. know a mental health clinic right here on our grounds and a wholeness clinic for children that have mental health issues yeah. that they don't have to go to a secular venue but we, right here next door to our church you know that we realize it is an issue just as much as having Uncle Joe go talk to pastor because he's struggling with a, a, a stronghold in his life that we can have yeah it's you know what you need help let's get you help yeah let's go we can't fix everything, you know, but Jesus can, yep. and we can, and we can set up professional people that are trained to help where we're not. And that, that was a a real shocker for pastors to acknowledge that we don't know how to fix everybody's problems. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. I think the, you know, the millennials and then younger helping to end that stigma on mental health out, even outside of the, the church world, church world just in general, you know, that, mental health is something that people are taking serious. Like more companies offer things like, you know, mental health days, just things like that, you know, I think is really great. But then like you say, in the, in the church world too, talking more, but almost, you almost need the pastors to talk about it because it, it, it uh gives permission to everyone else yeah. in a sense. You know, yeah. when you mention I see a therapist or something mm-hmm. that the people in the congregation, you don't have to even expound on it. It's just like, Oh, well, If he can, then I can too. That's cool.
3: No, I, you know, we have people tell us all the time, you know, that come here. I heard it yesterday so many times. And then uh, on private messages since yesterday is I'm, I'm just, I feel so safe in a place where the vulnerability and the transparency of all of the leaders, you know, we don't get up there and act like we're all well and we're, you don't, we're not, we haven't been broken or we haven't heard or whatever, you know? And, um, but if you look at I'm just thinking as you're talking right there, you know, the pastor-to-pastor ministry that we have here at T.C., that the number of pastors now committing suicide and divorce in their 60s and 70s at the end of their tenure of, as a, a lead pastor is rampant. Yeah. You know, so the very generation of people that said, you got an issue if you need help are now needing that help. Yeah you know because nobody told that generation no one told my generation it's good to have a counselor you know um pastor Brad we didn't make that an option we told him yeah. you know as founding pat you do still have a little bit of voice you know but uh, <laughs> but myself and our oversight board of pastors outside the church told him it's not an option you will have a counselor on call yeah you know that you will talk to at whatever basis you need to but Uh, You have a safe place to go and talk. And, you know, pastors weren't allowed to do that in our generation.
0: And especially in his unique situation with what they went through with Jaden, needing something like that and and having the permission to do that.
3: But you take that completely out of the picture. And every, I'm just going to say it right here. Every pastor, every pastor should have a therapist, a counselor, on call. Your church should invest in it. If we can invest in a building, we can invest in a bus, we can invest in missions, we can invest in the guy that's carrying the burden of that congregation every day and make sure that your leader is healthy all the time. Yeah, that's that's good. good. That's good. All the time. And, And if you don't have the money to do that, then you need to sell a bus, get rid of something that you're doing, and invest in that leader that's under the pressure and the spiritual warfare, his family, his marriage is under it, and you need to make sure, number one, that your pastor, his marriage, and his family is healthy before you invest in anything else that you do outside that church. That's good.
0: I agree. We could end right there. That's right.
3: <laughs> not part of our study today, <laughs> not, but hey, uh, hey, it fits. It does fit. You know, because not, you're going to have one of these emotional breakdowns. Yeah. You know, because number one reason, you know, what was it? 37% of pastors in the latest Barna statistics said they would leave the church today if they had another financial way to survive. And the number one reason they said was isolation. And number two was anxiety.
0: That's wild.
2: That's crazy.
3: So, but I was there. So, <laughs> no, so I, I say to the churches out there, you can ignore that and lose your pastor and his family eventually, or you can recognize it and do something to fix it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's just it's wild that even in, you know, with all these denominations and stuff, these pastors, you know, it it just shows that that didn't do the the trick that, uh, you know, of, of community. Even that, yeah, like right. That everybody needs that.
3: You know? And and it's this topic, so as we're not going out and lift it, we're not on a rabbit trail here. Uh, I, I want to say, and I because I just feel like we're going to hear, somebody needs to hear this that not only for your lead pastor, you need to do that for your staff of pastors that that carry this burden of, I'm looking right at the camera, that carry this burden that, you know, ministry used to be, you get up, you preach on Sunday morning, you visit a hospital, and every once in a while you have somebody who needs to talk to you. That's not the case today. It is a 24-7 high intense pressure situation, and it wears families down. It wears people down, and you need to invest in your team that is carrying the weight of making that ministry function work, keeping people healthy, keeping people well. And if you don't keep that team well, your church is going to become unhealthy. The healthier your church, the only way your church will be healthy is keeping the leaders in your church healthy that are maintaining it. And I know y'all don't want to amen that because you're part of that team. <laughs> but, well, you uh, know,
0: what, what I don't think people, what I don't think people realize is, is, just by the nature of it, how it, like, look, let's use pastor Rick, right. Just because of what your role is in our church. And I'll use you it Cause it's not me. Like I won't be talking about myself. I'll be talking Put the pressure on me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Is, you know, so, so, you know, Rick's responsibility is our, the small groups at our church, the next steps, the, the, the teams and, and all those things, right. That's big responsibility by the nature of that though, because it's dealing with, a lot of people and leaders. It's not like you can, you can't just call up and schedule a 10 a.m. meeting because those people are at work. Yeah. You know, by the nature of even how we're dealing with working with, we don't use the word volunteers, but with volunteers, you know, so now you got to meet at 6 p.m. Well, who, who do you have to neglect now to come meet at 6 p.m.? Your wife and kids who were at school and work all day who are now at home. So I, and I don't, I don't, it's not an intentional neglect, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. it's a, it's a, there's an opportunity, there's a trade off there. Yeah. And that's the hard part is those things over time add, add a level of pressure, you know, because mm-hmm. then at some point you have to then tell people in the church that you want to lead, want to care for, want to pastor. At some point they request me and you have to say, no, I can't. Well, Cause I got, I got three, three people at home that need me. Christian you may not say that. Well, then it's like, well, pastor Rick doesn't like to accommodate very much. And he turned down, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's people just don't understand just by the nature of it. It can be so hard. <clears throat> and then it is nonstop. Like there is no clock out. It's, and I think that's why part of all of us, you know, not just pastors on staff, but if you're on church staff, you know, it's a little different. Cause like John here does all of our digital stuff, but, um, is a little more of a clock out feel in a sense, yeah. but, but still, um, it's, that's why there's a calling. I think without yeah. the calling, you probably can't hack it for too long. Right. It just wears you out. Well, I mean, it was
2: just like last Tuesday. I mean. It was a stretch for me to send you guys and Pastor Brad that text. Or uh, It was Monday. Monday, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, listen, I need a day to pray and process. We we had one heck of a week as a family, and it's things that our children are just going through and the things that the enemy was trying to attack me with and just within my mind and stuff. And so I needed this that, that personal day to say, hey, I need yeah. six hours, eight hours, and stuff like that. And, of course, you guys are so gracious to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just as a leader, just facing it, but Andy Stanley wrote a book and I don't know if you guys are ready it yet, it was really good, but it's called choosing to cheat and yeah. it's, 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 you're going to have to cheat something. He's got to choose which one you're going to cheat. And so whether it's your finances or whether it's your family, whether it's your career, there's always, you're always going to have to make that choice. Well, And maybe this is a good so,
0: opportunity to, for the people of TC that are listening to the podcast since you, you brought it up, but I'll expound on it yeah. for, for, for us, you know, there. If you ever try to get a meeting with one of your pastors here at TC, Pastor Brad, Pastor, you know, I don't meet with as many people just because my my responsibility, but but if you needed to, like, whatever. Um, Usually if you're requesting a meeting, you're going to get some dates and times, especially for Pastor Brad. Maybe I'm defending him a little bit in this, to your point, is you're not going to get a Wednesday evening. It's not going to happen. It's not because he doesn't love you. I couldn't care about you It's, 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 that's the night he's with his wife right. and we, as a, as a staff for support that those times are blocked on his calendar. Yeah. You know, it's not, not, it's, you're not getting it, you know? Um, and setting these are the days and times I have open for meeting. And that may mean your meetings four weeks out. Like there's, you know, there's a thousand, there's a thousand people uh, uh, there, give or take that call TC home. You know, right. it's like, you can't, you can't do it all. And it's like, like you said, if TC is going to be healthy, then, you know, Our
2: leadership's got to be healthy.
0: Starting with pastor Brad yeah. and his marriage have to be healthy. So you've got to set, there's got to be guardrails and parameters, yeah. you know, yeah. and if that means that. You know, and and we've done that and I get a little more vocal about it, but we have people call in sometimes like, Well, I wanna meet at noon on on a Wednesday or I wanna meet at six PM on a Wednesday. Sorry, no meeting times available. And people have gotten frustrated over the years. It's like, Well, what do you do when you need to go to the dentist? That's what I've asked someone on the phone. You tell the dentist you need to meet at 5 p.m on a Friday they don't even work on Fridays <laughs> no you make an appointment on the days they're open right. like and and you do the same thing for your doctor and you do the same thing for your therapist you do the same thing for your pharmacist you go to the grocery store like but somehow the pastor is on call 24/ 7 now don't hear what I'm not saying. You know, if someone has an emergency, ends up in the hospital, there's a wreck, there's a, like, yes, there's those things that we go and do those things. Yeah. That's not what we're saying at all. But, um, there are guide, there are parameters to, right. to that. If not,
3: I mean, yeah, he could be, he will never see his oh, wife. You, you wouldn't last, yeah. you know? Um, now he called me recently, you know, so I've always told him, you know, let me know whatever. And, uh, like dad, there's this, uh, we got a merge situation and it was on a Wednesday. And, um, you know, is this something you have time? And I said, well, always come to me before you call, you know, Pastor Rick, because we want to take as much off of him as, you know, he's doing all this, too. And uh, and then if we can't, we'll go down the line until we find one of us that can on emergency yeah, right, situation. Right. But, you know, again, it goes back to. Uh, And this, we probably already put this on our pastor to pastor reel, but uh, you know, as much as a Sunday, but you know, we'll get right back to the message, but you know, it is so true. And and we have a saying here and, and I'm really happy that I can say we live by it, that you're, you're, you're more important than your gift Oh yeah. that I've watched the church kill pastor after pastor leader after leader. And we refuse to allow that to happen here, that you're more important than your gift. If if something's going on today that you need to be with your wife, then let's work out the time where you can, you know, or your family or whatever. If you need a day to go, if you need to go talk to somebody besides one of us, and let's make that happen. But we want to know you're healthy.
0: Well, and that statement applies to every level every person, of leadership.
3: Every person.
0: You know, there, there's, a, there's a family, uh, a young family in our church that I, I've known him a long time. He used to be the worship leader at another church. And they've been with us about a year now and have not done next steps and have not um, wanted to serve yet. And I told him early on, you know, we sub down in one of our conversations in the lobby, the subject came up and he was like, you know, when you have, cause he does have a talent, you know, he, he does, he can play guitar. He can sing. He says a lot of times that, um, you know, when people know you have that gift and launchers need that yeah. as soon as you walk in it's like, Oh man, you're here, you know, and they want to get you. In. And I was like, look, dude, I said, we're, we're, I, we don't, we got a guitar player up there today. I, we're, we don't need you to do that whenever you're ready and you want to, please go through the process. We'd love to have you. They just wanted to spend some time chilling. Right. Um, and, and, and I use that phrase and right. it's, yeah. it's been, it's been good. Like, like at the end of the day, like you and your family are more important to us than the the gifts you may bring here. We try to make that, you
3: know, yeah. No, I, I, you know, and just hitting the points real quick. There are not many, so we can go through it. You know, just again focusing on that. Our the number one battleground of the enemy is our mind, our thoughts, <clears throat> and and the focus of the sermon, the message was thought attacks. The attacks of the enemy bring a, brings against our mind, and the first one we dealt with was the power of our thoughts. You know, the power that our thoughts carry, and we dealt in Proverbs 27:3, for as a man or woman thinks in their hearts, so are they, that our thoughts, you know, we're talking about name tags. So our thoughts really define what's on that tag. Right. You know, the power of our thoughts, we don't realize that, you know, you start thinking, you know, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, poverty, you know, addict, whatever, you know, depression, anxiety, you, if that's your thinking of that day, that's who you are. You know, it's just, you, you can try to argue and fight that, but you can't, as we think we are. And so we address the, uh, the power that our thoughts really hold.
0: Is, and is that not why, <clears throat> like even these recovery programs, why they think they teach these guys, like people that go through, I don't know much about addiction, but I do know that like in 12 steps where they they teach them to say like, I'm a recovering, because you wanna, I'm not not an alcoholic, I'm a recovering alcoholic to help with that thought pattern, just how you see yourself, right? That is the reason behind that, I assume.
3: Well, yeah, I I believe that is part of it, you know, when we dealt, I I use illustration, I've seen in ministry for years where someone will literally get free from like addiction, say a drug addiction, or an abusive situation, and they're like, okay, I'm free. Uh, you know, I got healed, or they they pray to prayer, and then they go, but I got to change locations. Yeah. You know, I got to move away from here because all my drug buddies live here. Right. And they move to another location, and you hear six months later, they're on drugs again because the location is not your issue. The people around you is not your issue. It's your mind. As a man thinks, so is he. And if the enemy can get you thinking that way again, he will take you right back into that same bondage, and so the power of our thoughts—that's that's where it always starts. You know, whether there's an addiction, whether it's a wound—is it the enemy wants to get us thinking on that hurt, that pain, that rejection, that offense, that addiction, and once he gets us dwelling on that again, he takes us back into that same area of bondage. Yeah, power of our thinking. That's good. That's good.
0: Next is a uh, position—the position of our thinking.
3: Look, I'm going to
2: tell you one of the quotes that was just killer when you talked about the position of your thinking, and I'm just going to read it. Is it, it was from the scripture verse, um, Jude 1, 6, and the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their <laughs> proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment and uh, on that great day. But your quote was killer. You <laughs> yeah, said, exactly fallen saying. angels are in the pit of darkness by command, but we are in the pit by choice. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at Tiff <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, because yeah. it's so true that because of what's happened to whether it's trauma, whether it's things in our life, it has put us, we ourselves, put ourselves back in that pit every time we go back to those moments again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just I just thought it was just so killer that we have the ability to crawl out of that pit. The yeah. problem is we choose to stay there.
3: So. Well, and, and we dealt with, you know, the, the scripture where he talked about to be, uh, do not be conformed right to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we talked about, and we kind of broke that down, going I'm going to where you're at yeah. there, where he said, don't be conformed, which means to agree, come in agreement with, don't, don't be in agreement with, All right, the world, their mindset, their way of thinking, but be transformed, which means to establish a new character or foundation of by renewing, which means to reestablish our mind, which is that that thinks, reasons, feels, wills, perceives, or judges. So he's given us a pattern to follow to bring a renewing of our mind. And then he brings us into this thing we called pits of darkness, you know. And it was found in the scripture where Jesus talks about, well, I'll read it. It says, And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in pits of darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that great day. And it refers to the one-third of the angels in heaven when, when Lucifer rebelled against God in heaven, and he was cast out of heaven, a third of the angels rebelled with him, and they were cast into these pits of darkness. And, and that's where the enemy wants to constantly take us back, is into these places of spiritual darkness. And it's not, and I said, darkness is not caused by the absence of light. Spiritual darkness is caused by the absence of God, who is that light. And if the enemy can get us away and start questioning, and that's the battle of the mind. Well, if God loves you, why is this happening? If if God loves you, why are you still going through this? Same thing he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. Take the word and twist it and question. Put a question mark in front of it. And if he can get us back into these places, we find ourselves in a consistent warfare and we never walk out the freedom that God has for us. And that's why it's a repetitive battle that the enemy wants to bring against us is to constantly wear us down that leads into fatigue that if not dealt with, leads to anxiety, which if not dealt with, leads to depression, which if not dealt with, leads with suicide. Yep. You know, and it's a process that enemy wants to bring and it is to that place. Those fallen angels had no choice once they rejected and rebelled against God. They're in that pit of darkness by command of God, but it, we shared we go there by choice. We don't have to. Right. We can walk in that freedom that God has given us. We just have to get control over our mind because what we think we are. Yep. It also reminds me of the scripture of like
0: taking your thoughts captive. Yes. You know, um, which I can't recall the scripture off the top of my head. I wrote a blog post about it. Second Corinthians 10, five. Yeah. I wrote wrote a blog post about a couple of years ago, um, taking your thoughts, you know, about taking your thoughts captive where. Sometimes you just gotta just identify them and and, uh, and and just write them down. You know, get a hold of them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, thirdly was uh, the purpose of our strongholds, and we showed scripturally that there's two strongholds. Uh, there's a stronghold that the enemy uses to hold us captive, where he consistently comes back. Whether it's an addiction, whether it was a, a mental struggle, you know, it can, it can be so many different sickness. Uh, poverty, so many different things that he uses to hold us captive. But then there's also the stronghold where God becomes our stronghold, our refuge, our help in the time of trouble. And so we have one that operates in the flesh and one operates in the spirit. And whichever stronghold we allow to be the authority of our life, that's the stronghold that we're going to live in. And so, again, it comes back to the mind because our mind decides and determines which one of those strongholds not our spirit it's our mind what we think how we think if we go over to that side that says you know well, god didn't show up today he's probably not going to show up tomorrow uh you know I, I made a mistake i fell i struggled i i went and used that drug again or i got angry again or i did this again and we allow the enemy to come to our mind and say you never got free to start with hmm. we're going right back into that pit of darkness right. yeah you know and so we have to come back and decide which strongholder we're going to allow to be the authority. I, I fell. I messed up again. Well, the word of God says that the old's gone, the new's here. He's a God of grace. He's a father. You know, yeah. when when any of yeah. my children messed up, I didn't pull them into a room and go, you know what, we're changing your last name. Right. You know, you're not a living sin anymore and I'm no longer your father. No, that's when they needed me the most. Yeah. You know, that's when I embrace them now and go, hey, we're going to walk through this together and we're going to come out winners on the other side. And so it's really how the enemy comes and and we have to watch right now and just be aware. That's the whole principle of this message is be aware how the enemy wants to bombard your mind to pull you back into an old way of thinking, because then how you think is who you are.
2: So this is totally unscripted, this whole podcast. So I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Because I know it's the question that- and if I don't
3: I, have the answer, he will.
2: Pat on, I don't know. <laughs> You're a lot smarter than Pastor Justin. I'm just
3: kidding. Love All right, so. the bus. No, just, uh, I love it's you, it's Justin. True. That's, that's, no, that's true. there's no truth in that. He's the executive pastor that's that true. makes <laughs> the whole thing work that's and that's true. True. Like we get to preach and like we you spiritually smarter. i kidding. All
2: right. So, okay. So on Sunday, you talked about a very, very traumatic experience that you went through age of 12. Right. And so when it comes to both strongholds, I think, I think it's of course the mind that puts us in the one that is the spiritual and the one that's the flesh. Okay. What those things that happened to you had nothing to do with you didn't do nothing to cause that to come. That wasn't any repercussions of your actions. It was something done by evil people that are on this earth. And so what was it? What would you tell somebody watching this podcast now that has been as a kid, sexually abused, maybe raped as a kid, something traumatic has happened at the, at the hands of somebody else. And they're going, man, how, how can I be free from that? How can a good and loving God allow these things to happen, even when it came to Jade and passing? What can you say to those people who have gone through traumatic experiences by the hands of somebody else and how to get from one stronghold from the flesh to get to the stronghold that's, uh, of the spiritual?
3: Um, first of all, I don't have the answer for that because every, and I'm not avoiding it. I'm no, going to address it. Every situation and every personality is different. Yeah. So to say, here's a, a blanket, cookie cut- yeah. cutter way to get well, I think would be as painful as cause 10 people would us. try and it might yeah. work for one, you know, um, I, I did not go get help. Let me address it. You know, I, I you know, real quick, I was not sexually molested. Thank God. Right. I could have been, but, you know, kidnapped at 12 behind my grandmother's house in Quincy, Florida, shooting a BB gun, pulled up, you know, where three men were raping a girl and uh, tied up and forced to wash it. Uh, burnt, a uh, pistol. I'm tortured. Yeah, tortured. tortured you you know, tortured where they had, point. they found hog wire and lit it under a lighter and got it red hot and stuck it in my body and laughed while I screamed and cried, tied up to a tree Uh, One of them took a pistol out and took all the bullets in front of me so I could watch and put one bullet in the cylinder and spun it three different times, put the barrel in my mouth and pulled the trigger and played Russian roulette with me and me screaming, thinking I'm going to die, and eventually choked her, I believe, to death because she became totally motionless and they drug her off, left me tied up. I eventually untied myself, went to my grandmother's house, snuck in the back door, went into a back closet in the back of a shotgun house and sat there and wept and cried, scared to death. And from twelve to thirty-eight, never told a person, and dealt with this rage, anger. You know, I wanted to hit somebody. I've never drank a beer. I don't know what a beer tastes like. I don't know. I, I've never done a drug, probably stronger than ibuprofen, unless it was injected to me while I was yeah. asleep by a doctor. I've been intimate with one woman in my life, and that's my wife. So God preserved me in so many areas, but there's one area, man. I was a victim. Uh, I didn't ask for it. It was, you know, uh, offense done to me. And I grew up very angry to the point that I told my wife before I married her that I have potential of of putting my hands on you wrong. And I don't think I ever will because I love you too much to do that. But if I ever do, don't receive my apology. You divorce me and leave me because you deserve better than that. Wow. And, uh, you know, thank God that never happened. Yeah. But, um, you know, when I did go for help, finally, I did go for help. I went to some pastors and, and, um, I, I went to three and my wife can, cause I took her with me all three times cause I wanted her to be in that meeting and hear everything that was said. Yeah. And uh, because I'd shared with her, finally I began to have nightmares and, and, um, in my nightmares, I would wake up screaming and crying. And my daughter was 16 at that time. And she became the girl that those men were raping. And I'm in my dreams watching my daughter be raped and I'm tied up and I can't get to her and my nightmares. And my wife would tell you, I would sit up in the bed, literally with my hands behind my back, like I'm tied up and I'm screaming, Natalie, Natalie, and stop and stop, you know, in these nightmares. And, and I had a complete mental breakdown. Uh, and I went to three pastors and I asked for help. And I told them the story. Two of them put their arm around me and said, uh, man, the anointing of God's on your life. You're going to be all right. And the third one said, you sure you haven't raped someone and this is your way of dealing? No, I'm sorry. You sure you haven't (laughs) raped someone and this (laughs) is your way of of dealing with it? My wife was in that meeting. She would tell you, "I'm I'm not exaggerating this. And I got so sick in that meeting. My wife saw my face and she got up and she took me by the hand and she said, we're leaving. And she walked me out to the car and I was throwing up on the way to the car and she had to drive. And I told God that day, I will never talk to another person again that if getting hurt, getting wounded again by the very people that I'm going to ask help from, then I'll never ask for help. And I didn't. And, um, and then it came to a point that I knew that I had to do something. And, uh, I talked to a friend and, uh, then God began to just bring, I I told God, either you got to heal me or kill me, but I can't live like this anymore. And, um, And I began to read a book by R.T. Kendall that I read his book on um, God meant it for good. It was given to me years ago by Richard Dorch. And then R.T. Kendall wrote another book called Total Forgiveness. And I saw it online. I just saw it, and I I got it, and I began to read it. And it brought a healing in me that I I can't explain. I encourage every person that's going through any type of hurt to get both of those books. One is – God Meant It for Good by R.T. Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L, I believe it is. And then the next book is Total Forgiveness. And uh, in that book, man, he just opened my heart, just totally did heart surgery on me. It, it, my healing didn't come in a prayer line. It came through a book. I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, it didn't come through, you know, tw- 20 steps of healing. It came through that book. And and in that book, he talks about forgiveness, but he talks about where forgiveness is not. And, and through reading that book I woke up in the middle of the night one night and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and he said you got to go back and forgive those men and man I didn't want to do that Right. and I read that over and over again and then and God, the Holy Spirit would leave me alone and I told Kathy what I was doing and I remember driving back and I, I found the tree I knew where to go because it was where a fence line met and the tree was larger now but I, I knew where it was at and, uh, and so I I went back to that tree, and man, it was war. I cried. I screamed. I yelled. I, I didn't want to let them go. It was three black men raping a black girl, and, um, and and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. And finally, I was exhausted. I was sweating. I'd had a $20 bill. I, we've used this story. I, I had a $20 bill in my pocket and didn't realize it, and when I came to myself, I had grounded into the trunk of the tree in the dirt until it was torn and ripped. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what's that in your hand? And I said, a $20 bill in my mind. And it's torn. You still want it? It's still worth 20 It's dirty. You still want it? It's still worth 20 And the Holy Spirit began to deal with me, you know, go home and stop acting like a 10-cent piece when you're still a $20 bill. Mm. And forgive these men and stop allowing them to own you and control who you are. And I sat there and I wept and I said, God, I forgive them. Not even real like you know, what was really happening inside of me. And when I left those woods that day, I was a free man. Come on. It, it's like, I can't explain it to you. I wish I could say, here's 10 steps on how to get right. healed. I I can't. That was just my journey. But as I began to deal with that, God began to show me. And then as we began to pastor and watch the church grow without us making any effort. Our ministry has always been multicultural, always, from day one. Kath and I moved to the South Bronx, married three weeks, and every church we've pastored has been multicultural immediately without making any effort to make that happen. And God began to let me realize, and I shared his Sunday, Satan wasn't trying to kill me. He was trying to kill our purpose because he don't care about any of us. He don't care about Rick. He don't care about Jesse. He don't care about me. He cares about the purpose of God that's within us. That's what he fears. And he was trying to kill what we experience every Sunday here, a church that's so diverse, so multicultural. I have a family that's multicultural, Vietnamese children, a black and Vietnamese granddaughter. He was trying to kill that. He was trying to destroy that. And so we I get to watch out. I get to watch what God is doing today. And the very, so I should hate black people. I have a reason to say, if you're black, I hate you. Because it was black men that did that to me. But then when God healed me, I didn't see black men. I saw men that happened to be black. Right. And, and so I can talk about racism. I can talk about those type things out of experience. You know, that uh, it was a reverse type thing with me. But I get to sit and, and some of my closest friends in life today are black. What the enemy meant for evil. Yeah. God's making good out of it. Come on. And, I, and I, if I could say anything to people that are going through those type things today is when we allow God through the Holy Spirit, you can't do this on your own. You can't. And eventually you're going to have to talk to somebody and find somebody you can talk to that you trust and begin to walk that thing out. That's why these TC groups are so important. It is Your healing is not going to come in a pastor's office. It's going to come through a relationship with somebody that can take you by the hand and walk you through a journey of healing that can be a friend and know enough about you to destroy you but love you too much to do it. Yeah. That you can be totally vulnerable and honest with and let that person take you on a journey or a couple people walk you through this journey of life and get the help that you need and keep you in front of Jesus and out of those pits of darkness, because the temptation is always going to be there to go back. I still fight them. When I lost shaven, it was like, boy, the enemy was right there on my mind. You know, you're going to serve a God that will take your grandson. Really? You give 38 years of your life to full-time ministry and you're going to worship a God that takes your grandson. It challenged all of my theology that I preached for years, but Thank God God's faithful and His word is powerful. And we walk through that journey, yeah. but the battle of the mind remains. Yep. And if we don't understand that, I couldn't pray or read a Bible for over six months, almost a year. Cause every time I did, it was like, what for? It didn't work. Yeah. You know, he, he's gone, you know, and, and it doesn't exempt you. I don't care who, how spiritual you are, how much you love God. It doesn't exempt you from those battles, you know. And today I can stand here and say, God is just. He is righteous. He is holy. He's right. And I'm going to love him in the pain and I'm going to love him in the times of celebration and victory because he's a sovereign God that holds us in the palm of his hand. And his ways are not always our ways. But as our sons and as his sons and daughters, his ways are not always my ways, but His desires always that I am well and that I am whole. I'm His son. I'm His daughter. That's good. I don't know if I covered what you. That does.
2: That you does. Know. But I love it. That's
3: so. good. You know. Yeah.
2: So I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just <laughs> no, no. You, it was you're not such putting a good, me on the spot. I was I in mean, front was, of a thousand
3: people. <laughs> I, I mean, it was such a good
2: point, and I just wanted to help kind of clarify that for some folks as
3: well. So. No, I, I, yeah, you know it's. It's something we talk about in the house of TC at times. It's, I've, I don't talk about it at all outside of here. Yeah. At all. Anywhere else, I don't feel safe to do that. Yeah. I feel safe to talk about it here because we're a safe place. Yeah.
2: And with that is what we are. Yeah. So that 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 has been the theme that I keep hearing over and over. And I can honestly say from my family, I'm not going to cry, but I may cry. I already <laughs> cried earlier. This I didn't I was trying to hide it. Um, it's, it's the truth. It's we're a, it's a place that we can come and heal, be authentic, be real. Um, but we can find healing here. And, and, and my wife, she posted about it yesterday. She's just like for so long, she, she couldn't, she couldn't find healing. And she's like, babe, for the first time I'm, yeah. I can find healing here at TC. Yeah.
3: And so, um, I know we've gone almost an hour and John's over there doing somersaults, but uh, not really, (laughs) but uh, I know we're our time, but I want to add this part. If do we have time John, to cover just Um, no one's exempt. Yeah. I feel like saying that because I feel like there might be some people out there going, you know, I feel really uh, ashamed or whatever, you know, my wife, the strongest person of faith and prayer I've ever known in my life. Many people say that. Uh, We had a lady come to me uh, Sunday that shared a story. They've been coming here for a few, uh, I think said three months or something like that. They're uh, uh, a Mexican family, amazing, beautiful family. And uh, she's battled cancer for 10 years. And she said, three Sundays ago, I went up for prayer. And your wife prayed for me that God would heal me of this cancer. And she said, this week I got my report from my doctor and I'm cancer free. Come on. So this woman You know, not giving her the credit, but God used her. Uh, She's that way. I've always said she's Satan's worst nightmare when she's in prayer, man. I'm telling you, this woman goes to warfare prayer. It scares me. I know it scares the enemy, you know. (laughs) You'd be in my home at 2 o'clock in the morning, and you wake up to this prayer warrior going off in your house, you know. and uh, But on a Tuesday morning, out of nowhere, my wife walked out of the bedroom. She's like she had Parkinson's disease, her hands shaking, her eyes rolled back. She couldn't hold a conversation. We got her at the E.R., And she had zero estrogen in her body, zero, which puts a woman in a psychotic zone. And my wife went a complete mental breakdown. Nothing she did. If there's a woman going to heaven, you know, if there's a woman that's got Jesus in her heart and life, it's her. That's committed her whole life to ministry, it's her. And here suddenly she's in a complete mental break. I had to have her on suicide watch for nine months. Somebody had to be with her for 24 hours a day. And it's been a two-year journey, but God has given me my wife back. Yeah, And to hear psychiatrists and psychologists in front of me a year and a half ago say this may be the best she gets, I, I told God in prayer, I said, either take both of us at the same time or heal her, but I, I cannot watch my wife suffer like this, you know, and God gave me my wife back. But nobody's exempt. You know, so whoever you are out there listening, if you're if you're going through it or you're, you're in, enduring or you're in a situation, don't let your pride, don't let fear keep you from going out and getting the help that you need. Get the help you need. And we had spiritual help and we had secular help, getting the help that we need. One of the greatest things that was ever told to me was by my pastor friend, Scott Thomas. When I went through my ordeal with depression, we were on a hunting trip, matter of fact. And rather than going to our stand one day, he he said, well, we need to talk. Because he dealt with mental health. He, he was uh, worked in mental health. And it was after we lost Jabin. And uh, we were hunting in Kentucky. And he sat down with me and he said, you need to see a therapist right away. You are in depression. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm sad, but I'm not in depression. He goes, you're in depression. You're just in denial. Mm. And he said, I don't want you to see a Christian counselor. Because you know the word, and you're angry at God. So neither one of those are going to (laughs) work. He said, you need to see a secular counselor that will simply tell you how to put your left foot in front of your right foot right now and how to walk through this struggle of life. He said, you've got to do it. I'll pay for it. I said, no. And long story short, uh, we were advised of a, a... secular counselor in Daphne, had to be a woman. And once I met her, found out that her husband passed at a church of over 3,000 people and had burnout and resigned. And he's the president of a bank, and she has her own accounts in it, but they knew pastor life. Wow. And I was in therapy for a year and a half. Then she helped me put my left foot in front of my right foot. We didn't pray every time. We didn't read the Bible every time. It became part of it. But she knew she had wisdom to know. Don't put God in this picture right now because I'm mad at him. Yeah. Just tell me how to wake up in the morning and get through the midnight. Yeah. And then eventually she became a part of restoring my my trust and my faith in God. Wow. And so don't it doesn't always have to be somebody that's faith-based right now. Just get the Just help get you there. need. Okay. That's good.
0: That's good. Okay. I I don't know what to say after that. I don't don't know. I mean, (laughs) go
2: back and listen to the sermon.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, that's a good point. Um, Like we always say, if you, if you missed it, go back, uh, you can find it on YouTube, our website, um, all those things. You want to, you want to watch the full message. It was really, really really powerful. Um, And then, yeah, what else? I guess that's it. I think that's it. John, you got anything?
2: Change your echo. John, you've been, listen, that echo thing. Change your echo. Listen, he did it first, uh, 830 and 1130 service. Whew, man. Yeah, I was going to say that, but we don't have the time.
0: <laughs> no, <they laughs> uh,
3: go to, go! watch the message and you'll understand. Yeah, yeah. change, yeah, your, change your echo. Man, your that echo. was powerful. Ooh, tweet so. that.
0: All right, if you want to learn more about us as a church, you can find us online at TransformationChurch.com or all the social platforms at Transformation Pensacola, including YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, all those things. It helps us out. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next time, see next week. later. For another Week. weekly another message, message recap another message recap podcast <laughs> oh, got it maybe I, did I mess it up I messed it no, up no no you got it
3: right it's oh, just, third, third try was right yeah
0: the yeah third try okay, yeah. Yeah. all right y'all be good have fun
2: all
0: right. Later. see you.